Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. It's the Nerdist Podcast number 527. Hello, Portland, Oregon. Uh, I will be in you in uh, a couple weeks, June 12th, 13th, and 14th at Helium. Go uh, go onto the internets and uh, get some tickets because I think there's a handful left. So come on out. I'm doing five shows. It should be fun. I would like to see you in Portland. And then we'll all go get... Uh, donuts, and then you can tell me that whatever donut I got was not the best donut in Portland, and that I'm a tourist. <laughs> I love you, you adorable hipster donut snobs. So uh, I'll see you there in a couple weeks. This episode is brought to you by NatureBox.com. NatureBox is a subscription service. They're going to deliver healthy, delicious snacks on a monthly basis right to your doorstep for free. Each bag is full-size, three to five servings of snacks, and uh, these are not crap snacks. These are good, delicious snacks that you can feel healthy about and you can be positive about. And you don't have to beat yourself up <laughs> for wanting to snack on them. It's better to kind of plan this stuff out so you know what you're getting. There's no high fructose corn syrup, no trans fats. There's no artificial sweeteners, no artificial flavors. Just delicious, healthy snacks delivered right to your door. And hey, you, Nerdist Podcast listener, you're going to get 50% off your first box. It's only 10 bucks for your first box. If you visit naturebox.com slash Nerdist, all in lowercase, uh, we'll be case sensitive. So make sure and visit that, uh, visit that URL and sign up. Naturebox, healthy snacks to your door, almost directly in your mouth. I don't know if, I don't know if you can get your postal carrier to do that, but who knows? Maybe you're close. Um, but with the exception of putting it directly in your mouth, they are really helping you take control of your snacking and put healthy things into your body. I'd like to thank them for supporting this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, which is Jamie King, who is uh, wonderful and brilliant and uh, super cool. I've known Jamie for a little while. Um, Jamie and her husband, Kyle, uh, we see each other around from time to time. They're good people. There's some people that you just, you go, ow. This is this is the downside to working so much is that I'm just I'm not as social as I want to be, but I guess again this is what's great about having the podcast is that you actually get to hang out with people that you don't normally get to hang out with. Um, so Jamie is uh, promoting Star Wars Clone Wars, which is on Netflix, and Sin City: A Dame to Kill For in theaters August 22nd. So here we go, and there's podcast number 527 with Jamie King. Now entering Nerdist.com. been Jamie King? I've been good. What's been going on? I, I mean we're we're pals but I haven't caught up with you in so long. I know it's been forever. I blame me. Let's blame each other. Okay. How could, we'll meet in the middle. How could you do this to me? How could you do this to me? Oh my god. What's been going on? Catch me up. Well I just wrapped Heart of Dixie season three. I had a baby during that time. I was pregnant. What? Worked until the day before I gave birth, had six weeks off, and went back to work. Oh, my God. <laughs> and just wrapped. So it's been like the craziest, busiest year of my life. So you were working with a newborn baby? Yeah. So that's probably really easy to do, right? Oh, my God. I mean, for anyone who doesn't 
Yeah, so easy. It's the easiest thing in the whole world. And my husband was gone, by the way, for five months. So what? it was like next level. Like Where was he? He was shooting a, a film called Barely Lethal. Nice. So, you know. Well, uh, you know, I have a new puppy, so it's probably really similar. Wait, is right? that your puppy? Yeah, that was my puppy that you just That's saw. Your, I didn't realize that was your yeah, puppy. It was my puppy. Yeah, I brought her, brought her to work. Where did you get her? We, it was, she was a rescue. Someone, um, someone rescued a pregnant dog from a shelter. Um, and then she had puppies a couple of days later. So we were, we had been combing all of these, um, you know, rescue websites and, you know, we found this like husky golden retriever mix and, um, she was friggin' adorable. She's so, so cute. She's got the one blue eye and the one brown eye. Oh my eye. God. So soft. Yeah. So it's exactly the same. It is we're exactly going through the exactly thing, the same right? thing. Right? Yeah. Teething I mean, too, probably. Oh, the worst. The worst. Yeah. I shouldn't <laughs> let the dog suckle up my teats, but... <laughs> I just feel like it's... I understand. Yeah, yeah. I just want to have the experience, you I know. I'm just connecting the bond with I just, me. I just want to bond. I yes. want her to bond with me. Um, it's very nutritious. It's like the new way to take care of puppies. Nothing's comes out, though, so she just basically... like I've Just give it, time. Give it time. What? That's all I have I to do? I think there's puppy lactation consultants. Just after a while. Can you imagine? That's so disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine because there are stores in Los Angeles that are like... There are nicer dog stores in Los Angeles than like a lot of the restaurants here. Oh, my God. I know. It's like all raw, vegan, like... Yeah. Uh, like oh god, the the food that they have for dogs now is next level. It's crazy. My dog prefers the paleo diet. <laughs> My dog wants to eat raw because that's raw what dogs paleo are. Diet, no yeah, guys. Corn, no wheat, no gluten. But- <laughs> <laughs> we take our dog to all the vegan restaurants and just get her a lot of plant-based materials. Well, you know what? She'll live longer. She will, and she'll be happier, and her farts will be awful. <laughs> <laughs> She's, uh, she's doing great, though. She's only about 10 weeks old. But let's talk about your baby. <laughs> I'm so sleep-deprived. I'm, like, literally, like... <laughs> I'm literally hallucinating. I realize that there's now, like, a 10-second delay to everything that I say in life because it's, like, by the time I hear something and then my brain catches up with it, it's, like, I realize it's been, like, 10 seconds later. I so understand what you're talking about because I... Again... Having a baby way more intense than having a. You can't just leave a baby. You can't crate train a baby. You can't. Uh, well, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. That'd probably be really. But bad. There are days because my days are really long, and I come home, and then at night, you know, like sometimes she'll cry at night, and so yeah. you're up. You know, I don't have to get up, and and you know, but um, there are some days where I feel like my brain is set very far at the back of my skull yes. and in front of my brain. Do you remember the movie, the others with Nicole Kidman? Yes, of course. Okay. I love that movie. So when you're starting to realize like there's some weird ghosty shit happening, I don't know what it is. And she, spoiler alert, and she leaves the castle or she leaves the house and it just gets all cloudy out in the woods. And yes. She just doesn't know where the fuck she is. Yes. That's, I That's feel my like, brain. I feel That's like, a description of my I feel brain like right my now. brain is Nicole Kidman wandering in the foggy woods. Okay, I don't feel so alone. And I don't, and there are days where I can't, like, I forget, like, the uh, uh, dog. That's the word I'm looking for. I like, know, I know what Kyle started doing that to me last night. I'll, I'll start a sentence, it'll be like, and the. Because I'll start something and I can't finish it because I just go off and it's some never, like, Another etheric world of I don't know tiredness. Do I? Ha- I think I have mommy brain. You do have mommy brain. Oh my god! I think I have a baby somewhere. <laughs> you do. I had a baby and I'm so busy I didn't even realize it. <laughs> what is your? Uh, what is the gender of this child? A boy. His it's a little boy. James Knight Newman. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah. That's a good solid dude name. It is. James Strong. Newman. It's not, like, too weird, kooky Hollywood. I don't want to, like, name him anything, like, super weird, you know? Because I feel like Candle. lots of actors do His that. His name is Candle Newman. And then they, they don't think about, like, when they have to grow up. And, yeah. No, it's nice not to... I mean, it's one thing to have a sort of a unique, oh, this means that I'm different. But, you know, when you're a kid and you're, like, 12 years old, you don't fucking want that. No. No, you don't. You don't want people, like, please, but stop... I know my name's Apple. Please just stop. I know. Apple's the one that people always go to. Because <laughs> that's the one that I can think of. But yeah. then again, I'm very good friends with the Zappas, and I can't picture Moon or Dweezil or Amit or Diva being No, that's perfect else. for them. Yeah. It's totally perfect for them. But as, You're right. But I guess if you're raised by Frank Zappa, that's different. It is. It's totally different. Because everyone's like, oh, well, you're a Zappa. Exactly. So this all It's self-explanatory. Yeah. 
But you're probably these kids are probably going to go to a regular. Your kids are going to go to a regular school, and yes, it'll. Pro- well, I mean, I don't know. It depends on. Sometimes I think about homeschooling them. Sometimes it's just so strange because I didn't grow up in Los Angeles, and it's I. I come from the Midwest, so it's just like pr- the whole private school thing freaks me out, and like you spend this crazy money to get some sort of like relatively like decent education for your child, and I feel like concerning that what I had to worry about in school, which was like, oh, I don't have the Esprit top or like the guest jeans. Yeah. Like here is like, oh, my parents fly private and like, you know what I mean? It's like just the level. Do you level... think James is going to worry about the Esprit top? I don't think he's going to worry about it. Well, top. I don't think, does Esprit exist anymore? I don't know. What happened to Esprit? And then, uh, anyway, what happened so... to Hypercolor? Do you remember Hypercolor? No. What is that? The oh, Hypercolor is that where you could put your epic hands shirts that were so disgusting when you think about whenever you got hot, it would change to a different color. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, They're still maybe, here. Maybe they'll have, you know, like a press boom. And Look up it Structure. Will be Do they still exist? Structure. <laughs> we can get them a nice silk washed A shirt. silk washed paisley tie oh my from God. the 90s. Do you remember that? Those were amazing. And some suspenders. <laughs> I'm sure it should be attached to like a limited express, right? Uh, that, didn't they share storefronts? That's what I remember, at least. An express and You a could structure. get your silk shirt with your like ribbed tunic from Express. Do yeah, you that's, these? That's, all you, that's all you gotta do. The best. Uh, I think James Knight is perfect because then if he wants an offbeat name, then he can go by Knight. If yes, he wants like to. Jedi Knight. Yeah. Or J. Knight Shyamalan. Or J. J. Shyamalan. Or he can go by Jim and Nat when he goes back home. <laughs> hey, Jim and Nat. Hey, JK. My husband was so concerned about like what his name could be turned into that that was like a big factor in naming him at all. He's like, I don't want to be called. Like, he would take every single name, and I was like, nobody in, on like the entire plane would ever think to call your kid, like turn this name into that <laughs> name. You know what I mean? Just like... <laughs> Weird dad. He's already thinking concerns. Too, that that that's that's people in the internet age have already trying to game how they're gonna get trolled. No, it's true. Like though. we can't name this thing this because they'll be like talking shit night or whatever. Like they they'll just put some shitty thing in there. It's crazy when you think about like. Thank God we don't have really any sort of online history because of our parents. Yeah. I started really tripping out about that when I was pregnant, thinking about like, oh well, my mom didn't have like. Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, like, like my whole youth isn't necessarily like out there for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. And so then you have a kid now and you're like, how much do I want to document of him? Like, do you don't want to embarrass him? Because what, like everything, like his whole history is now like there. And it totally takes away the ability to have like family slideshow night where everyone's It does. Like, you can't really embarrass. It's, it's all it's gone. Those same. days are gone. Yeah. Just take as many embarrassing pictures as possible, and then, but don't post them. And reserve them. Yeah, just reserve them. Like, night. If you misbehave, this is, I'm going to put this on whatever <laughs> on, the social media of Instagram, the day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, or whatever it is, by the, you know, in 10, 12 yes. years or whatever. Uh, I can only imagine. What, so where, what part of the Midwest did you grow up in? Nebraska. You're from Nebraska? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever even performed there. I've, I, I hear Lincoln's a pretty cool town. Lincoln's awesome. Omaha's awesome. I'm surprised that you haven't perform there i am too actually i, I may you maybe performed I have. in that little town outside of austin when we went to see you yeah oh yeah yeah well that, that was uh um what was what were you shooting down what were you shooting down there at the my time? generation you're shooting my okay right yeah and i was i performed at um uh cap city yes just on just it's in austin but just a little but out on the outskirts yeah yeah uh, that was really fun. That was really nice to see you guys. That was fun. Because I didn't really know you guys that well. We had just met on Attack of the Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I knew who you were. I had already I knew who you were. Uh, and it's funny. I, when I interviewed you on Attack, I listed all of your I listed all the things you do. And as soon as I said and model, and you were like, ugh, like oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I said you know like actor, writer, there's a model, and you were like ugh, like and, I, and it was so. It sort of felt like you didn't even realize it came out. But no, some, I didn't. I actually didn't remember some, even doing Something about that. it was That's, just like, ugh, don't say that one. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like when people are like, oh, host of Singled Out. Ugh, please. Uh, <laughs> no, I, no, come on. That was the 90s. What you, please, guys. It was the 90s. <laughs> was it really the 90s? It wasn't. For me, it was the 90s, yeah. Really? Starting in the 90s. How old were you when you started doing that? 13. And how does, it, how does someone from Nebraska in a pre-social media world get discovered to then go off and be a model? I was this well I think it's the way that it started was I was really obsessed with films and photography when I was a kid so um I 
I had to figure out some way that I could end up doing that, you know? And so I would read a lot of magazines and read a lot of photo books and watch a lot of movies. And, and I, was, I was constantly trying to figure out how does a kid from like a small town get anywhere big. And I remember reading in the newspaper that there was a modeling school a modeling school where How agents from all over the world come and meet you. I'm and then, from Milan. I have come to and then you get to go to like a big city. Uh-huh. And so I begged my parents to let me go to this modeling school. And lo and behold, I met someone who was a huge agent from New York. A real and agent. And ended a real agent, like a proper real agent with one of the best agencies out there. And that's how I ended up in New York. And here I am. Now, that doesn't feel like it normally works out that way. Usually no. that feels super scammy when they're like, come and pay to be oh, seen. Oh, so absolutely. And you, I learned like how to walk with books on my head and like etiquette and how to file your nails properly. Like the weirdest, craziest, like Amy Vanderbilt's book of etiquette along with <laughs> modeling tips. And But you know what? It did one of those things. Any of it seem shady or did it all seem... I didn't care. Okay. Because all I didn't know the difference. All I wanted to do was just get out of... Well, I wanted other opportunities, and I knew that from a, a really young age. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about how, like, kids are, like, born knowing what they, it is that they want to do, but so I think that we really are. So you just went right to New York at, like, 13 years old? I went to Miami, and then um, Miami went back home, and then went to New York. And as soon as I went to New York, um, one of my first shoots was with this photographer named Stephen Klein, who's this amazing photographer for this magazine called Visionaire. And then I shot for Vogue after that and Harper's Bazaar. And I started shooting all of these big shoots. And then when I went to go back to school, they, the agency basically said to my family, she's doing really well. We own her now. We, you, we can, you know, she can stay here and work here and have a career. Or she can, you know, go back to school and just do that thing. And, I, my, you know, I was lucky to have parents that supported me and knew that I did really well in school. So I did correspondence courses and, and did both. It was a brave thing. I was thinking about my mom allowing me to do something like that. And it was just, I mean, without her, there's no way. that. Now that you're a parent, can you imagine letting your child do that? That's what I was talking to my mom about. Just like how she had the, the vision. Because she was very strict and very disciplined. So the idea that she let me have a different kind of a life than how we were actually raised was very wild to me that I think mothers just know there's just an intuition that they have and I'm just very grateful I, I don't know how how she did it like I, I can barely leave my kid for like an hour without wondering I, he's always on my mind no matter what he's always on it's my mind incredi- I mean it's a pretty incredible story that you turned out totally cool and normal that it's you, you could have been like you could have been dead by 17. I, it, it, during that time, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that was like pre-Giuliani, like New York. It was like, New York was still gangster. It was still like you, like the East Village was not like a cool hip place where you went to get coffee. It was like thugged out, like crack city, like shady clubs. You know what I mean? There was not, and, we, and I didn't have money, like no money. I was living off of like, I would get Sicilian, uh, Sicilian slice of pizza because it was like really thick bread. So that would like sustain me throughout the day because I only had like $100 <laughs> to live on for the entire week. Oh my God. And so I would have to decide whether I wanted to walk like 60 blocks to like a casting, like in the freezing cold, or if I wanted to actually like spend my money on a train. Or It was like so different then. There was no GPS. You were staying on the corner with your map. And like, it was just so... It was very, very. We already very sound old timey. Like we are. We are old timey. There was no. GPS. But you know what? There was a. We, we are at a weird. We're in a weird generation where we had like the Dewey Decimal System, and we had like you know to go in and look up books or whatever, and we, Google wasn't necessarily at our fingertips. So we remember that time, but now we're also part of like the whole internet era. And the kids that are growing up now will never know what that was like to have to memorize phone numbers and, like, no, you know, I, use a payphone or, like... I mean, essentially, the, your phone is an external hard drive. And yeah. not only is it an external hard drive, it basically it, it stores everything, all information. And you really don't... I mean, do you know, do you know your husband's phone number off yeah. the top of your head? Okay, you do. Yeah. Do you, know, you obviously know your parents' phone number. Are there other phone numbers that you're like, I should remember that one, but I always just hit it on speed dial? All of them, basically, except for my home <laughs> phone number and my husband's number and one of my friends' number. And my family. That's Baby's it. got a cell phone already, right? Of course. you got to start him early. In, in his brain. In his brain. A that, chip. That kid. It's a new option at Cedars, just to let him know. <laughs> they put a chip in the <laughs> Do you want the chip option? One day, it's going to be that. It's going to be like you're going into the labor. They're like, would you like the chip or would you not like the chip? And then one day, they'll just insert it in a strand of DNA, like as... That's crazy. As it's... Yeah. 
or it'll be a or it'll be some type of special um, biotech device that sort of like imagine a it's something that fits over a man's penis like a condom, but it has material in it that implants itself in the egg when it fertilizes and basically just creates this cybernetic organism. Oh my God. Guys, Dude, this is going to be happen. great. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> my husband told me the other day, he's like, do you know how, how many years? He was like, 30 years, 90% of all novels will be written by computers. And I was like, oh my God, oh. the world is coming to an end. What are you reading? It's, it's just going to be different. Just let it happen, Jamie. Oh just let it happen. Your husband's a really smart guy, by the way. He is really smart. He's really, really cool. He I mean, is. I'm sure people know that he's a director. Is there, did you guys meet working? Did you meet working together? Yeah, we met um, on his movie Fanboys. Yeah. Which, if anybody loves Star Wars, it's about kids that are obsessed with Star Wars that go on a road trip to break into Skywalker Ranch to uh, see the newest episode before he passes away, the lead character. So that's and, what I met. And you and met and immediately were like, weird. This is no, actually, I'm like the together. one weird person in Hollywood that has a rule that I will not date anybody that I'm working with. Because I never like the idea of like going to set, dating someone, or hooking up with someone, and then like the next day something happens and you have to go back and finish a movie with them, and you ruin the entire project because you were like couldn't keep it in your pants. Like, <laughs> like to me, like coming from Omaha, that it's that kind of thing that like real sure. like like worker thing. Like I have to like really kind of not mess things up, or I'm going to be sent back home. <laughs> that feeling. Um, I saw, I, I, I hadn't ever met him before doing the movie. Harvey Weinstein had asked me at a Globes party if I would go, he's like, there's this amazing young director, he's awesome, you am doing this movie, we just do a cameo? And I'm like, sure, sure, sure. I agreed, and I thought that he was probably just drunk, or it was just like another one of those Hollywood things. So yep. I said yes to it, and then forgot about it, and then on Monday the script came to my door, and I had already agreed to it, and I hadn't read it. I didn't know what it was about or anything about the filmmaker, but I had, you know, committed. And so I actually had to pick a part, like a cameo, and go down there and do it. And I remember walking onto the set and seeing uh, the back of my husband. And he had a sweatshirt, and it just said, New York, I am your father, with the Vader chest plate. And I was like, whoever the fuck that guy is. Whoever, you can swear. You can swear. whoever the heck that guy is. I was just like, whoa. You can drop the F-bomb. Like, I was really, I was in So as that. you're reading the script, you're like, oh, I feel like I'm gonna have this guy's baby. I mean, <laughs> I've made. But I did not here. hook up with him. I didn't even like speak to him. Probably I, I spoke to him on the film, and then we remet six months later, and then that was that. It's funny because I'm I'm southern, and so there's that that I don't know where the phrase originated from, but I did I do remember hearing it a lot in the south. People are like the the. the the analogous phrase for don't fuck people at work is don't shit, don't shit where you eat. Yes, exactly. And I always felt like, is that really an appropriate analogy to making love to someone? Don't shit where you eat. Don't shit all over a person where you like. Or it just, doesn't mean like don't shit where you eat. Shit where you eat meaning like that's the place that gives you money where you can buy food to put on your table. So don't shit on the well. It's the just hand that it's sort of like when you're training a dog. A dog will not shit where it eats. Because that's unsanitary. Really? Because I'm, I, I'm pretty sure my dog probably has shat where he eats. Well, our puppy. And he eats his own... My other dog was eating her own vomit yesterday. So, oh. like, you know, all the time. I believe that's so called that emetophagia. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's the scientific term, I believe, is emetophagia. Is it, yeah. is it, is, are they actually embarrassed? Do they throw up and get embarrassed? Like, so puppy sorry. embarrassments? <laughs> I'll clean and, like, <laughs> don't want you to see it? Like, what is that? Me. What <laughs> makes <laughs> them want to eat their own yeah, vomit? That's what back, I want to know. They just sit back like Winnie the Pooh with a jar of honey and just scoop it in. Stop looking at me! Stop looking at me! Yeah, they're horribly. Dogs get embarrassed very but easily. What is it? They're not. Dogs don't get embarrassed at all because. Are you like, sure? Really? I'm positive. Do you really, really think? I'm positive. Honestly, they don't. I, I think, don't know. I think they're much smarter than we actually. I think they just for. don't. I think they don't. They just see food and they don't understand. They just smell it and they don't know that they're just. They don't even realize that they threw it up. They're just like, blah. Hey, look, food. Like they don't know. Really? Or it's like, get, you're not going anywhere. Get uh, back clearly, in there. Clearly. I put so much more onto my dog's emotions than maybe actually exists. That could be more of a reflection of, like, of if you threw up, would the, you eat it to be like, please don't, oh, I'm so no. sorry. Okay. Because like a, Life is a mirror, you know? <laughs> maybe I should go home and take a look at that. Well, so many people, when they have pets, you know, they're always like, oh, she's, um, 
She's just feeling very shy. Right? I am that person. I'm totally I, that person. Are I'm you like, sure she is? My dog is actually a terrorist. My what? dog is like a, a an audio terrorist. You come into my house and like, <laughs> it's like the walking dead. Like, like and when a zombie is like eating something. Oh, I should come over and do an after show for your dog. I mean, yeah, it's bad. Because Laika will basically pee and then just like flop in it. Like she just doesn't really, she's... I've never had a girl dog before, and a boy dog you can predict like, oh, the leg's going up, but a girl dog is just blah. It's just like the, the just comes out. The the bomb, yeah, the bomb shoots open. It's just like, <laughs> and, you, and you're just like, oh, oh, fuck, come on, really? I didn't even have a chance. You didn't give me a chance. So it's and then she just walks on it. I'm like, do you have wood floors or carpet? Right. We have wood floors, so it, it, she's basically she just gets a bath every day because yeah. she's just this adorable little. His soaked husky mix <laughs> who just doesn't know any better, you know? She's so cute. Yeah, my girlfriend doesn't even care. She'll just pick her up and, you know, like, oh, That's she what it's like me. with a kid now. Like, you have shit all over your hands. Were you squeamish at all before? Before, probably, but now, definitely not. It's just like everything is just sort of like one thing. It doesn't really matter. You just want to get it done. Is your first name James? My first name is Jamie, but my mom started calling me James when I was a kid. Because that was your modeling name. Yeah, so I went by James King because that was the name that my mother always used. And then when I started acting, I just really wanted a delineation, so I went back to my... But now people call me both. So it's kind of cool that you, your son's name... Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. When Jamie. we thought about that, it wasn't even like... It wasn't supposed to be a reference. The only thing we had a reference to was the night. The night part, which was because for Jedi Knight, sure. or Knight for like in reference to my last name of King. So there was really just, that was really the only name that was, you know. How much was it almost James Jedi Newman? <clears throat> well, after we got past the fact that his name would not be Arsenal after the football team, <laughs> which legitimately our unborn child was going to be called Arsenal for about two years. After we got past that, then, Because you know. the shortening of that is arse, which right, is... Exactly. Yeah, which is not... But we almost called him Arsenal after a football team. <laughs> what are some other rejected names? What were some other rejected names? I really liked the name Phoenix, but then my manager named his kid Phoenix, so I couldn't do that. And then... I mean, I'm sure Jar Jar Newman was up Jar Jar Newman, of course. <laughs> Wait, who is the character that Kyle hates loves so much? Is it a Star Wars character? It's a Star Wars character that he went on every single podcast and said was his favorite character just to piss off um, the director of The Clone Wars, uh, Dave Filoni. Oh, that's really funny. Oh my God, why can't I think of it? It'll come to me. It's some really random character that never got its own action figure until Kyle like, went on to all these things and now... Now it has, has an action figure? Own... Yeah, this is going to drive me crazy. I have to text him and ask. Text him, ask I'm him. I'm going to. What's that character you hate, love? So... Yeah, speaking of Clone Wars, did you see it? I haven't seen season it yet. Season six? I haven't seen season six yet. It's so good. Is it good? How is it? It's great. Clone Wars is rad. I, I just, I always have to wait until, I mean, I, I feel like even though we're working on different things, you fostering life and having a job and me having a few <laughs> jobs, um, that uh, I'm, always, I'm always trying to catch up on stuff and I always kind of have to wait until everything's Done, done. So that I can just like, just like I know. bang it all out at once. That's how I feel too. Especially when you're shooting or you're working for like nine, ten months a year, at least I am, and the amount of stuff that you have going on, it's hard to come home and focus on on one thing. You just like you're just trying to sleep and like wake up and then get through your day. Yeah. And now on hiatus, I've just been like watching television like a crackhead. <laughs> I haven't even, I haven't even watched all of my own series of, of Clone Wars. I haven't watched the entire season six. I watched my arc. And then I haven't seen like the rest of them yet because I have to what get through everything. What are you guys gonna do, knowing that kids are rebellious? When James is like, "Dad, Star Wars is dumb." That's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. We've already had this conversation about both things, about Arsenal and about Star Wars, because there's no way that this kid is not gonna love Star Wars. I don't. I, I legitimately think that my husband would. Like, it's just not... I was like, what would you do? He's like, that's never going to happen. It just won't happen. It's I in love, his blood. I love the pop culture pressure shift that has changed from uh, generationally since before. You know, before it could be like, stop watching Star Wars and get a real job. Now it could be like, stop trying to get a real job and, and watch and Star Wars. And finish Star Wars. <laughs> and <laughs> no, then the entire EU. No all dessert, of them. No dessert until you finish oh Attack of the Clones. I, seriously. It's crazy. No, his whole room is like Star Wars, so... Were you a big Star Wars fan, but were you a big fan of this episode? I love Star Wars. It was my mom's favorite. My mom saw all the Star Wars like three times in the theater every time that they came out. And I remember... 
I remember watching it in front of the TV, but not the way that Kyle remembers it. Like, Kyle remembers seeing it in the theater. He remembers, like, the toys he played with in his crib. I just sort of remember in a way that it, it was, like, a part of our family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It felt like a, like there was always something about Star Wars going on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just one of those... It's the only thing that's ever been created that truly is so universal that it transcends every age and every like race and no matter where you come from or how old you are, it just, it will always like thrive and it will always be. And it's such an honor to be a part of that, that universe. You know what I mean? Like if you have nothing to talk about with someone, at least you can, for the most part, talk about Star Wars. Yeah. So if you're, so if you're, and if not, then we probably shouldn't be friends. If because... <laughs> so if you're just stuck when, and there's just like a weird gap, then you're just like, Womp rats, huh? Like, yes, exactly, totally, right? You just get into uh... I've had two friends, like, confess, like, after a few years of knowing us. It's like they pull us aside and they say, I haven't really wanted to tell you this before, but I've never seen Star Wars. <laughs> and it's like this confession that they've been waiting to, like, say but haven't been able to because they would, like, legitimately think that we wouldn't be their friends because they haven't, they aren't obsessed with Star Wars the way, well, my, you know. Well, my girlfriend had never seen Star Wars, but it was because her dad did the special effects for it. And so she thought it was... Wait, who's her dad? John Dykstra. Oh, really? And so he did the... He won the Oscar. Her parents' first date was to the Oscars where he won the Oscar for Star Wars. And so she'd never watched Star Wars because she thought it was really funny. And she loves... Like, we met at a Doctor Who convention. So it's yeah. not like she doesn't understand yeah. that world. She just thought it was really funny that she could be like, haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Until I sat down and made, made her... Made her watch all of them? Made her watch it. Yeah. And how did you... What order did you watch them in? Uh, we just watched, we just watched the episode four. Okay. We just watched episode four and, uh, and she, she really liked it and it was fun to watch it because it's, it's really hard to find someone who has not seen Star Wars that is it's, not over the age of 13. That's true. And so, um, uh, so, you know, Chloe's 15, so it all, no, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> you know. <sighs> No, but she, uh, but she actually, she really did, she really did enjoy it, and she, you know, she just. Was it a part of her world growing up? With like, well, it was just a part of her dad's work. Yeah, like he worked on all these, all these movies. He worked on the original Battlestar, and he worked on Star Trek: The Motion Picture, and all these different movies, and so it was just all a part of her world, and it was just funny that that. Her rebellious teenage years were like, I'm not gonna watch fucking Star Wars. Like that's how she was. <laughs> Take kinda, that, Dad. Yeah, that's how she was kind of rebelling. That's crazy. Dad. I know. So it was. Uh, it was really, really, really fun. And then fun for me to to watch it again with someone with fresh eyes, right? Because I hadn't really. I mean, when you watch it, usually you're just like, oh, there's this part, and this part's great, and this part. Yeah. To actually watch and be like, now. This is gonna, and this is why this is important. And look at all. It's so true. Yes, yes. Later, they would add some things to this. (laughs) (laughs) But right now, oh my god, it's untouched. I was trying to defend that the other day. Like, why do you have to add all this stuff? I was like, don't you understand? He didn't have the money then, or the technology then. Do you see why it's important (laughs) for him to finish his masterpiece? And I was like. Wait, uh, oh my god, I sound like crazy. <laughs> I think it's good to take the other side. Though. Crazy. There's nothing wrong with that. Are you, are, are you going to Comic-Con this year? Are you going to any conventions? I don't know. I usually go every single year, and I don't know how I wouldn't go. Yeah, I probably will, actually, especially now that we have James. Yeah. He has to be at Comic-Con. You have to. You know, before the age of one. You've got to cosplay the baby. You've got yeah. to uh, do tiny Boba Fett. Baby tiny Fett. Boba Fett. Baby Fett. I can go as my character, Aura Singh, and he can go as Boba Fett. Yeah. That'd be perfect. I think it would be. Just a little, just a tiny little baby backpack. Oh my God, and then so just cute. the little, little booties. And maybe don't put a helmet over a baby's face, but some. Um, but you know what? I kind of like the idea of a helmet over his face considering the amount of germs at Comic-Con. Oh, when I think true. about like the, the, how germy it is there yeah. and sweaty. Although and, truthfully. And germy and sweaty. Ba- I, think, I feel like babies are more likely to get people sick, aren't they? Because they just absorb everything. And then they, you I get don't sick know. A lot. I 
I do, but that's because I work all the time around like a crew of people. Like we're we can never get well because we're always working. <laughs> so every, like we just so sort funny. of pass the illnesses around. By the time it gets and to hope the that person, by the first person gets over it, it's true, and it's again. right back again. That's just the, it's one <laughs> incestuous sickness. How do you uh, how do you maintain being uh, a, a full time working mom right, with also a full time working Job. dad? It's it's interesting. It's I think you just start to um, try not to judge yourself all the time. You know what I mean? Or right. like have like a certain idea of the way that you think things are. We don't have like someone watching our kids full time. We have them for when we're working during the day. But like that was something that was really important to us is that we wanted to raise our kid without like a lot of people around and that we really wanted to be very involved, which sometimes I feel like out here, a lot of people aren't, but it's definitely very intense. Like when you're shooting 12 to 16 hours a day and then you just want to sleep, but you can't sleep because you you know, you want to be engaged with the baby. It's, it's something that you learn how to do every single day. It's still so new. I don't really know, but he's so like loving and happy that I think that the main key for us is realizing that you don't have to like leave him at home. You know, you don't have to like, like give up your life. You make him a part of your life. And because of that, he'll grow up in a such cool environment because he's already very social and very creative. And, and I think that's really great. You know, here's my plan. And I think it's actually a pretty cool one. Let's hear it. I feel like this is an everyone wins plan. So someday, maybe someday I'll have a kid and then right away, boarding school, send him away. Largely ignore him. There you go. That and works. So, um, uh, and then, you know, like. At what uh, age? I don't like know. Like preschool? Four, whatever. Uh, and so, um, send him away. Uh, you know, every once in a while, send him some money or something. And really just sort of establish, like, that I'm impenetrable and of course. You know, whatever. For a while, he'll be like, what did I do wrong? And, you know, but that's just part of the process. Then you send him money for a therapist so he can work through his abandonment issues. And well, then... here's, here's, here's the big thing at the end. So, so this whole time, he's getting a great education. He's learning to bond with others. I get my free time back. <laughs> and, uh, and then when he's like 17 or 18, I come in and, and then he's like, fuck you, man. You didn't give me anything all those years. And I go... Or did I give you the greatest gift of all, independence? I've loved you the entire time. And then he's so overwhelmed because he didn't know. Because he never had you. And just like, And oh he's, my he's God. like aching for any sort he's of like, affection I totally from get you. It now. Yes, absolutely. I know how to tie all these fancy knots and stuff that I learned at boarding school. Oh my God. And I had all these semi gay experiences, so now I'm super open minded. <laughs> Isn't that more like Evil Scouts? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think they teach you how to like. Cool knots at boarding school. It's Eagle Scouts boarding school for the, you know, semi-gay. Let's let the school decide the curriculum, Jamie. Yes, okay. Let's do that. And the social curriculum. Yes. And the sexual preferences. Yes, it'll be fine. It'll be totally (laughs) fine. Whatever he is, I'll totally love and accept him from that point on, and then we'll have a great relationship. And then by that point, I don't have to fucking have him come home. He's independent. He can get his own job because he knows how to he knows how to handle and make his way in the world. This is a good plan. He can start a really amazing Etsy company tying knots. That's right. <laughs> Nazi. He'll start Nazi. Nazi. Oh, wait. No, that's bad. No, that's bad. And actually, he should not start Nazi. Uh, it's K-N-O-T-S-Y. It did not take off <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> it was a site where you could just get finely crafted knots. <laughs> oh no, it God. either has to be... It can't. You can't just be selling a retail knot. It has to be a knot that you made or a vintage knot. That's how yes, it works. Of course, yeah. of course. Ben Quaterneros. <laughs> uh, so did did you did you was this the kind of thing that you said? Oh, I really want to have kids soon, or did it happen sooner than you planned, or what? No, how, I've always wanted to have. I mean, we always wanted to have a kid, but I think that we were always trying to plan it for like hiatus or like plan it around like our careers or our life. And then, and then eventually we were like, we can't try and control everything. Yeah. And then when that happened, it was, you know, I got pregnant. But do you feel, um, cause people always say like, well, there's never a time and you never, most people never say that they're ready and then it happens. And then the moment that you gave birth where you were like, Oh, this is what, this is totally the thing. You know, because I have male friends, female friends, and, they, and it's, as soon as they see their child, they're like, this is what I was meant to do. You know? I felt that way when I was pregnant. And then by the time I had the baby, because I was in labor for 26 hours, oh. and, my, and because Kyle was shooting his movie, my two best friends were, thank God, with me. And You're very understanding. 
Well, I mean, what do you say? Like, it's, you want to support, like, I'm not going to say you can't go do this amazing film that, you know, you worked really hard on just because I just, I don't know. I think that's the reason why our marriage works is because when you understand that someone's very creative and that he would always be there no matter what. And he's a, a good man. Yeah. That if he could, but that's the hard thing about, you know. Hollywood, it's like getting a movie greenlit with amazing actors and an amazing script takes so much time. And then it just goes when it goes. And if you miss that window, it was literally like, I remember the day that he came home and he's like, if Sam Jackson, um, if the baby comes between this day and this day, I, I really actually won't be able to come home because Sam Jackson can only shoot on this date and this date. And I was like, oh my God, my pregnancy is like literally being dictated by Sam Jackson's Come on, Sam. Kids. On the movie right now, like, but legitimately that was it. So I remember praying every night, like, please God, let the baby come this time or after this time, but not when Sam Jackson is shooting the movie. <laughs> please God, Sam, please, can I just have this off so I can go see the birth of my child? Oh, uh, I don't know. I someone just said I could go play the Augusta course this weekend oh in Georgia. My God. I, no, please. I took an Uber. I took an Uber to the hospital when I went into labor. I, I was like, this is like a quintessential like LA experience right now. I hope now. you gave that I guy went five into labor stars. And called a freaking Uber, <laughs> and he drove me all the way up to labor and delivery. He was amazing. That's five stars. <laughs> Absolutely. Uber helped me deliver my baby. <laughs> it was so crazy. That no, is... but when I had the baby, it was so like. By the time he came out, it was, I thought it was going to be like angels singing and like the heavens opening up and like, ah, and it was more like, uh, like my body, my head, like everything was just like, why am I not seeing stars and why are the angels not singing and why do I not? Cause like, they're like, he, they put the baby on my chest and it was like the most amazing thing in the whole world. And it's not that it wasn't the most amazing, it it was more like my whole experience being pregnant. I felt that connection, but by like the trauma of birth was so overwhelming to me and like hoping that he would make it back in time that it was just like, you know, they have like medical Ubers called ambulances and that's like a, I don't know why I didn't think about that. It's like you can Maybe call them. Maybe because ambulances are so dramatic. <laughs> you know, are so low then key. everybody would know. You well, know. I'm in labor. Should I get? Should I splurge for the SUV this time? <laughs> I know. It's like Uber X or more. SUV. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Hello, I'm yeah. trying to find your address. I my water <laughs> broke. Oh my god. <laughs> and, then, and then you get the message like Imagine. Uber unexpectedly canceled. I know. God. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel changed as a as a post baby Jamie King? Somehow more enlightened, or do you see the world differently? Oh or yeah. What what happens? Oh my god, totally. It's what happens is that you can't be caught in like your own shit anymore. Like your head, it, it can't be about you. And so anytime I start to like freak out or I'm worrying about like a deadline or this or that or the other, it's you look at this kid and you realize that all you have is that that one moment that's in front of you, you know, they just bring you back to the present. And I just don't really know how to describe it. It's just, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. And what, uh, is there any advice that you have for someone who's about to have a baby having just gone through it that you wish you had known? It's interesting because I remember when, after I had the baby, I got really pissed at a lot of my friends because it was like, they didn't really describe what it was actually like. (laughs) They didn't really tell you. They kind of tell you, but they don't really tell you. And then I understand now why they don't really tell you everything. Because if they really told you everything, you probably would think that you wouldn't be able to handle it until it actually happens and then you just do. Right. You know what I mean? It's just just a really strange thing. There's a lot of historical data to support that uh, people do survive having kids. Yes. Because we're here. Otherwise, we would not be here. That's right. <laughs> but when you're going through, going through it, sometimes you literally feel like, oh, my God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Because you're so sleep deprived. Like, you're so sleep deprived. You're so tired. You're so freaked out. But at the same time, it's like you're also the most elated, most enlightened, most happy. Like, it's all of, like, it's like polar opposites all happening in one gigantic, like, explosion at the same time. So it's really... It's really amazing. How does he do at night? Does he is he sleeping through the night or is he? Does he uh, it depends on the day. Sometimes he'll sleep, and then right when he starts sleeping through the night, something happens, and then he's not. You know, typical. <laughs> are you guys gonna? Are you gonna go for more, or is this? Are you good for a while? Yeah, we're gonna go for more, but not for a little bit. <laughs> we're gonna go for. We're gonna do more. Well, because I so what I hear is that because uh, I have friends who have a kid, and it's like, oh my god, it's the most amazing. I'll have a second one and be like. 
They just activate each other. I know, right? All night long. Yes. Why didn't my parents tell me? Or you have one kid like ours, which is like happy all the time and super awesome and like very easy. You can bring him anywhere. And then like your second kid is like some sort of terror, like nightmare, like colicky and mean and like hates life and never sleeps and like sick all the time. Like that's what I hear a lot. It's like you have one like angel and one like devil spawn. Right. And then you're like, oh God, what did I do? (laughs) It's baby roulette. You don't know. It, is ba- it legitimately is baby you don't roulette. Know. You don't know. You, you get you know you get one amazing kid and then just like fucking Damien Thorne. Yes, is the other one. <laughs> yes, who wants to bring about the resurrection of the Antichrist? Oh and then like, God. what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do with that information? You don't. You just do. As a mother, you just have to love them no matter what. Yeah. Um, what is your uh, What are your days like now? You You said you're you're just getting to relax a little bit and watch some. Yeah, I'm going to go up to Skywalker tomorrow, ranch, and I'm going to take a vacation. That is my ritual every time I wrap, and so I'm going to continue the ritual and bring the baby there, so that'll be nice. But, like, now it's really just trying to, like, I I still really don't feel like I'm wrapped, because ever since I've been wrapped, I've been doing press for Clone Wars and the show and everything, so today is, like, my final thing, and then I'm just going to, like, chill. You don't look crazed. Really? You look normal. Good, and my, uh, my not, acting skills are coming into There are not play. bags under your eyes. You don't seem frazzled. Yeah. The, your, your eyes aren't red and Good. watery. Good. Um, you don't seem like you want to tear anyone's face off. Like, you seem, you seem okay. Thank you. Is, I think it's an inner experience sometimes. <laughs> but it sounds, yeah. like, it, sounds like you're, you, it sounds like your parents are pretty cool, though, so whatever. No, whatever. my parents are so awesome. And no, honestly, though, as, as challenging as it is sometimes, I, I feel very grateful, and I do feel balanced, and I feel like I have like the best of, of everything I could ever want in my life. I get to do what I love to do, and then I have a beautiful child, and, and now I have time to just hang with him and be with him, and it's, it's all good. When uh, so, just going back a little bit. When on Attack of the Show, I said "and model," and you went "ugh." What was it about that experience that was "ugh"? That's a good question. Um, I think. Um, Is it just being referred to that uh, yes, way yes, because I don't of like the, that because because it, of the it was, stigma? Yeah, I think there. I think probably because I had to work so hard to get past. Um, you know, when I went from modeling to acting, nobody had really done it successfully at that time. Like now a lot of people do it. It's sort of like interchangeable, like within the world, but then really nobody had done it. And so it was kind of, um, you know, it was, it was really intense to have to go into a room and show someone that you actually had like the ability and the talent. And, but because you were some famous model, they judged like you. they judged you. And when you actually did bring it and then I started getting cast in a lot of really great things, it was such a relief for me because I was so terrified that like I would mess it up somehow. You know what I mean? That I would, but, and, and I knew that I could never go back to modeling and I was, I quit it when I was in my prime of doing it and I was still really young and making so much money, but I quit because I didn't feel like I was learning anything and I didn't grow up to want to be a model. I wanted to either be a director or a writer or, or a photographer or a filmmaker or something like that. You is, know? That what you, so, is that what you gravitate toward is like, as long as I'm learning something, that's where I should be. Always. Always. It doesn't matter what it is in my life. It's always that way. You know? And so I kind of get this feeling when I get to a place where I don't feel like I'm learning anymore that it's really hard for me because I know I'll never be able to stay complacent within that. And sure. that's sort of a blessing and a curse because it's what pushes me forward to do a lot of different things. But it's also the thing where I know that I can't live a life that's just like here. You know, yeah, learning just... is growth and complacency is death. Yeah. Or at least it's the beginning of death, yes. I think. Yes. You always have to be. Is Absolutely. there anything else other than child rearing that you're learning right now that you're into? Um, I'm still really into just writing and directing. Like I've been writing since I was a kid, but now that I'm on hiatus, that's really what I'm going to be focusing on. Is- You're going to make something? Is Kyle going to direct it? What's going to happen? Oh, we'll see. I directed a short film a year ago, and um, I, Kyle and I direct music videos together and write music videos together. We did Summertime Sadness with Lana Del Rey, and we did We Are the Fallen, and we did we do a bunch of different ones. So I want to do that on hiatus and and focus. I'd rather do that than just go take a movie just to take a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, and but I, I always have to be making something. If I'm not, I start to feel like I'm going crazy. Yeah, that's good. That's a good gene to have. It's a fire in the belly. It is. It is. Because when you just sit around, it just, I, I would go fucking crazy if I, I just had to sit. I crazy, too. Like, that's why it's hard for me to even go to a beach. And then I'm like, what's wrong with me? I can't even relax when I'm on a beach. When I'm on a beach, I'm like... 
Here's me in a museum. Well, I'm watching Game of Thrones, like, in Mexico, like, losing it, because I can't get, like, the feed or the connection where he's like, you're on a beach. Like, why do you need to watch Game of Thrones? I know, I get it. It's a beach. I get it. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Here's, here's, me, here's me in a museum. I'm a very frustrating person to go to museums because I basically, I, I walk really fast, and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, got it, got it. And, and I'm appreciating it on a really, you know, like, I'm, I'm, it's just that I'm not stopping to go, Look at the use of yes, yes. light because it's just like I got it. I got like I'm yes. trying to appreciate everything on such a hyperspeed level Absolutely. and just absorb it all at once. Yes. Um, I hope that doesn't mean I'm a shallow person, but it no, just no. It, it just means ju- you look at things. On but a, just like at a, at a beach, I get scale. like 15 minutes at a beach. I'm like ah. All right. I know. Me too. I'm the same way. <laughs> but do you judge yourself for it ever? Do you ever find yourself like, is there something wrong with me that I can't like just sit and enjoy being on a beach? I judge myself constantly. Uh, so, but for that, I guess I just feel like, no, eh, that's how I am. And, you know, I don't know. I do appreciate it. I just don't need... Like the sun. I don't like the sun very much. <laughs> well, I don't like the sun because... I burn. Yeah, I get because sick. we're the whitest people in the world and we, we get so skin Caucasian. cancers. I don't think it gets any more sunburns and No, this is pretty... White. Yeah. This whole thing is like... Super duper. Nazi.com. K-N-O-T-S-Y. <laughs> On Etsy.com. <laughs> Stop my Etsy shop. <laughs> Nazi. Um, I know you have to, you have to go do, uh, you're, you're, they're, they're saying you have to go. Do you have to go do uh, kids, kid, kid thing? You have to go be with your child. And... Ben Quadraneros. Oh, he was the character that. Yes, you know what character. Wrapping it up in the yes. end. Ben Quadraneros. He's like, Qui-Gon Jinn? I was like, no. Wasn't ben Qui-Gon. Quadr- no, he's like, everybody was Qui-Gon Jinn. Quadraneros. Pod racer, ha 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 ha